Hello, and welcome back to the Branching Path Podcast. This, the spooky edition. Woo! Spooky. Was, I, I was like, I could do sounds in post, but no, I'll just make that weird sound. You also um, immediately got clipped on my side, so that cut it. Oh, great. Uh, <laughs> well, it looks like it recorded for me, so thank God. Um, I'm your host, Kyle, joined by known tax evader and overall scumbag, John. John, how are you doing today? Uh, you're saying the quiet part out loud, Kyle. <laughs> Are you so still evading the I was authorities doing, pretty well? Or? I was doing really well until just now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'll, I'll edit that up for sure. Um, don't okay, listen okay, Don't okay, listen to this good. podcast when it goes live, though. If you're in um, law enforcement, don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> um, welcome back, guys. Happy Halloween. Um, you will have heard that we used the, the Halloween theme. I actually should have used that last time. It was an October podcast, but we'll at least Fail. get one in this year. Um. I hope you guys are doing well and full of uh, fear this Halloween season. Today we're gonna we're gonna do kind of a, a spooky Halloween theme as best we can, um, but we'll start off with what we've been playing recently, like we always do, and that thankfully kind of includes some spookier games. Just before I do that, I do have a very quick corrections corner. John, I didn't tell you about this before the pod, but an astute what? listener on uh, the Reddit forum, who may or may not be somebody I know personally in real life. Um, made a long comment about how in a previous episode I referred to my partner as my fiance and then the last two episodes I referred to my partner as my girlfriend and they were wondering if there was any drama there about a reversal of a marriage proposal so for anybody <laughs> at home with their red threads on the board kind of putting together the conspiracy that was just a slip of the tongue okay <laughs> and I will now hopefully be able to share my premarital bed again with my partner okay um, so I'm going to start with Scorn! For all of you uh, Gen Zers out there, it's Scorn! Okay. Um, John, you will have no idea what that meant. Scorn. Uh, Scorn. <laughs> Scorn is a uh, is a horror game that came out last month based, at least visually based, on the art and kind of worlds built by H.R. Geiger, an artist who did the original designs for the Aliens in the Alien series. Check out his stuff if you if you haven't seen it before. It's very, very otherworldly and creepy and disturbing and, and very, very cool. Um, Scorn is on Game Pass right now. I tried the first, like, you know, one month for a dollar for Game Pass just to see what that was like. And since I have my gaming PC, I haven't really done a whole lot of gaming aside from old games like Terraria. I wanted to try something a bit beefier. Anyhow, so I played Scorn. Um, John, you haven't played Scorn, but you watched a fair bit of gameplay and, and Let's Plays on YouTube, correct? Yeah, after we talked and what you were saying about combat, I decided to just watch it instead, um, which I enjoyed quite a bit, but I, I see what you were I see why you said that. Yeah, yeah. So so Scorn, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk it up first. For the first probably two hours of Scorn, I was like fully hooked, totally immersed, totally bought in. It's an incredibly interesting world. I had all kinds of questions. I love when a, a game can set up a mystery like that and kind of slowly drip feed me the, the answers. You know, and I love when the answers make me ask even more questions. Um, it's like this nasty body horror a lot of the time. It's very gruesome, but it never feels like it's being overly indulgent. Like, I always felt like it was in service of building out this fucking crazy weird world. Um... It was very atmospheric and puzzle-based for the first, you know, probably hour and a half, two hours of the game, which was awesome. I actually 
really, really liked that, and I was hoping it was going to more or less stay that way. Of right. course, I, I knew that there were weapons in the game, so I kind of figured there'd be some sort of combat later on. I had hoped the combat would be kind of treated like a separate part of the game almost like i'd go into a room it would clearly be like an arena for combat i'd do combat and then that would be done and i'd go back to the kind of slow exploration methodical piece and i was hoping it wouldn't be my fun atmospheric exploration interrupted by combat um especially after i did the first few rounds of combat because i really didn't like it anyways before then it was awesome i i don't know if i would necessarily at this point, recommend purchasing Scorn for full price. Certainly, I think it's worth trying out on Game Pass first and then maybe buying if you if you like the whole package. But if, if only for that first two hours, I think it was a wholly worthwhile experience. I've never played anything like it, and that's going to stick with me for a long, long time. Um, John, what did you think about the world and the atmosphere watching it? I mean, the art direction and the atmosphere was insane. You know, I was headphones on, watching in the dark, watching a no commentary playthrough, and wow! Like, I, I mean, I when if when there's a sale at some point, I'm still going to pick it up. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I just yeah, I just want to get in there and explore that world. And then I, I like you just said, when I see the combat, I'm like, ooh, that doesn't look good. <laughs> yeah. And I don't, I don't really want to do. And I, some of the later fights looked so plotting and like they just kind of robbed the the pacing and, and the atmosphere a bit there, mm-hmm. um, which is really unfortunate. Yeah, because um, when, when I was watching, I just want to be let off the rails a bit and be able to explore that world as much as possible. Um, but it does look fairly linear. Um, did, did you, did that bother you at all? No, I was, I was going to say, I, I, I'm honestly totally fine with a linear experience, especially I, I went into score knowing it was a bit of a, a shorter experience. Right. Um, and I'm fine with it. If I know it's a shorter experience, I'm expecting it to be a little bit more narrative, I guess. Um, this isn't, this isn't strongly narrative, but you, through just exploring the world you're learning every new environment you come into you're learning just by the sheer nature of what they show you and i i'm fine with that being a more linear experience um especially because the world of scorn is fairly maze-like and and quite winding and, and crazy so i did get lost a few times it didn't hinder my enjoyment i'd say getting lost because again the atmosphere was so good and it sure sometimes almost added to it not really knowing where i was i really felt like my character who seems to be this like pod person essentially who happens to have woken up who who would have no fucking clue what was going on right so it wasn't bad but no for me the linearity was fine it was just that yeah you get to a point in the game you get this little i hesitate to call it a gun but this tool that shoots a little probe out basically um but it doesn't it's not a projectile it stays attached to the gun so it's like a little impact gun kind of you have to get pretty close to use it it's basically yeah. like the little, the little mouth of the aliens. Yeah, I know it, it really is. Like, yeah, I thought the same thing. It's like the little, the little mouth that aliens in the alien movies have. Um, it kind of shoots out quickly and then retracts. Right. Um, you use it for for puzzles and stuff. Initially, they don't when they give it to you. They don't give it to you as a gun. They give it to you to use to open certain things because it acts as a key kind of. Hmm. And I liked that. I was like, "Fuck yeah, that's that's great." I'm so glad that they gave me this, and, and it wasn't right away into some some mindless action. It was like, "No, this is just another tool for you to get around this fucking weird world." But then they expect you to kind of use that to fight, and like it just felt so clunky. The the very first enemies you come across do this little spit attack. 
There's no like dodge. There's no strafing really. So it's really hard to avoid. Um, especially if you have to get close to punch them with the little impact gun. Right. So I, I died a few times doing that, learning how it kind of wanted me to do the combat. And when I learned how they wanted me to approach that, I was like, well, this fucking blows. And I don't like that at all. <laughs> um, admittedly, apparently you can kind of avoid enemies and run away from them and, and not have to encounter them. But that robbed me from the exploration piece, right? Like I didn't want to run through areas. I wanted to slowly go through them and see what they had to offer and be immersed. Um yeah, it seems really at odds with like the first hour and a half or so yeah, of the game. Yeah, it's like this weird tonal shift. And I, like, and again, so I, I, I got to a point in the game where I did get the first proper gun, um, and and what I loved most about Scorn is every time I would interact with something in the world, I was always so excited to see what fucked up way I was going to interact with it. Right, like what <laughs> weird, crazy thing was my character going to do to use that device or something? Right, the way that you like store and hold ammo the way that you load ammo like all the gross things that are involved in that were really really cool and imaginative and yeah just just awesome so that was all really awesome and fun but then i got the first gun i was at a point where i had only one sliver of health left and no healing um and as soon as you get that first gun the very next section like five or six enemies spawn and one of them behind me which i only realized on my sixth attempt i was like why am i so I kept dying because they'd spit at me. It was hard to dodge. And then it would take a bit to load me back in. The checkpoint was far enough back. It was probably two or three minutes to run back and get the gun every time. And then I would die right away again. And I was like, this is this is awful. Like, why <laughs> why is this otherwise great game stopping me now? Like, it, it did a complete 180. It went from, you know, something I was ready to finish in a sitting to something I uninstalled ten minutes after that, so I tried it a bit Oof. and I was like, no, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop. I just I, actually the reason I didn't uninstall it right away was I first decided I was going to look up how much of the game past that point involved combat in some sense, and a lot of it. There's a lot more combat. They give you more guns, and I was like, fuck me, that's brutal. And then I watched right. some boss fights, and I was like, this is awful. Like they just <laughs> the boss fights should have been clever puzzles, but they weren't at all. Um, no, I, I think I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It's it looks so the, the, the grenade, sh- the grenade shooting one. Like yes. The, yeah. Oh my god, it looked awful. I was like, I'm not gonna fucking play that. That looks really dumb. So it was like 20 fucking minutes of the I same know. thing. Yeah, it was really bad. So I don't know where they went. Like, what the hell design principles they forgot about? As soon as you pick up a gun, I mean, I guess this makes sense, right? People pick up weapons and then become stupid immediately. <laughs> so that was disappointing but i still think despite that and despite my disappointment there scorn is worth your time especially if you can kind of get it game pass wise or maybe in future if it's on sale just to really see what the fuck they did with that amazing world and art direction it's not the most graphically demanding game or graphically impressive game um my my gaming pc isn't like high end by any means my graphics card is pretty old actually but it ran really well on it, but where it Sweet. looks incredible is the art direction. Like the art direction, is, this is a good example of strong art direction doing a lot of the heavy lifting graphically. You don't need to necessarily, you know, have a brand new four thousand dollar graphics card to to make a game look pretty. So, oh yeah, it's it's fucked up. Giger art come to life. Yeah, is it Giger? Is that how you say his last name? I think it's Giger. Oh, okay. Um, well, I'm not I'm not actually sure. I think he's Swiss. 
Okay. Um, the official Branching Path podcast pronunci- pronunciation is H.R. Giger from now on. I'm going to have to check this on the pronunciation. We'll do a, right we'll do a corrections corner next time if we're wrong. Um, yeah. So anyways, Soren's cool. Disappointing where it headed. And I, I wish I'd had the energy to, to see it through. But I watched a bit more on YouTube. I saw some, again, incredible moments that I was like, I can't believe they came up with this. This is disgusting and disturbing and right. altogether amazing. Uh, and again, it never felt indulgent like they were just trying to gross me out. It was gross, but it was it just made me more curious. Um, so it, it, they it succeeded. The they succeeded there so well. Like I, I had nothing but questions when I, I was done watching yeah. that, and yeah. I was like, I, I want more. Yeah, and we'll talk um, about that in a bit because we're gonna get into in a bit kind of our our the things we like about horror and we look for in horror. And this is something I want to harp on a bit with the whole mystery aspect of it all. But the last thing I want to say about Scorn is mm. just, I hope it does well enough that they can release like an uh, updated take on it. Yeah, like maybe rework that or expand the game, the puzzles, and get rid of that shit combat. Oh yeah, I I'm one hundred percent open to something else from them, especially now that they have all of these assets created, right? Like I would expect they could kind of make another scorn type world game a lot more quickly this time because I think this game took like a really long time to develop. Um, yeah, I yeah, think so. It was- a good like six plus years yeah i think i saw six or seven years um so i'd be i'd be 100 percent open to something else from them in this with this world i'd be way down for that so yeah hopefully the scorn devs uh do something like that but kudos to them i want to say overall thank you for a fucking incredible art piece and and experience that i wouldn't have otherwise got so hopefully next time they can execute in a way that makes the whole package a little bit more satisfying um right and lastly it's gone it's the most grossest game. It has the blood. It has the blood. Okay, I'm done now. That's another Gen Z <laughs> reference, John. Um, I'll send you the link afterwards. Um, okay, other thing I've been playing is Grounded, uh, which is a survival game made by Obsidian. Um, it had a, I think it came out beta-wise like years ago now, maybe a year ago. No, I think it was 2020, um, but version 1.0 just came out a month ago. So I had some buddies playing it. It was also on Game Pass. So I was like, okay, I'll give it a try. Sweet. And uh, it's been really, really great. Uh, it, it honestly, funnily enough, our last episode was on Terraria. It really reminds me of 3D Terraria. I really feel like that's, that's what I'm getting from this game more than anything. Um, with a little bit of a stronger narrative, but it's not, not hand-holdy at all. There's, you can, you're really open to do what you want to do in any order you want to do it. But there is kind of an overarching story. Um, which is essentially that you're a, a kid who is shrunk down and you find yourself in the, this crazy backyard full of wacky shit, little miniature like science labs and stuff, and you're trying to piece together why you were shrunk, who shrunk you, and how you can um, embiggen yourself, as, as the game calls it. <laughs> it's It's got this like 90s cartoon aesthetic. The, the opening cutscene shows like this 90s cartoon playing on the TV, called uh yoked girth uh it's supposed to be like a he-man parody (laughs) (laughs) yoked girth that's great uh that's awesome and um and they kind of have that attitude throughout the whole game and that's how they kind of approach the the humor and and the like voice lines and and it's really good i it i I didn't know if i liked this style and the like the graphics looking at it like pictures and 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 gameplay and stuff but being in the world it, it suits it really well um and the reason it's kind of relevant is the spiders in this game are fucking 
terrifying. I'm not a big arachnophobe. I don't like spiders, but you know they, they don't. I don't. They don't. I don't lose sleep over them. Um, and this game actually has an arachnophobia mode where you can turn off the details of the spider models. You can make them these amorphous blobs, basically. So you'll still see them in game, but they just don't look like much. They look like a head and a little round torso. Right. Um, and I was, I, you know, I, I thought that, you know, oh, that's a nice little nod, I guess, to people who are very scared of spiders, but it seemed a little extreme to me. And then playing the game, there's two types of spiders that I've seen so so far. Orb weavers, which are out in the daytime, and then wolf spiders, which hide in, like, hovels and stuff, and they come out at the nighttime. And if a spider, especially a wolf spider, catches you off guard, hearing the sound they make immediately makes me scream like a little girl and then you're frantically like looking to see where the fuck they're coming from they're huge of course because you're this little tiny person in a backyard right. and uh they often one shot you early in the game because they're so strong and it's just it's so scary god it's so 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 spooky so if you want some good like i'd say it's more of a thriller scare than like a horror scare but um if you that can sounds awesome though. yeah if, if you can stomach spiders it's it's really good. The game's been really, really strong so far. It's got a strong building component, but, you know, like 3D building, obviously. I haven't done a ton with it yet, but I've seen some some of the bases that you can make, and it actually looks pretty incredible. And something... I didn't play a lot of Minecraft, or rather, I haven't played a lot of Minecraft, but something I always felt was special about Minecraft compared to Terraria is the building feels a lot more rewarding when it's in 3D space, I think. Um, yeah, agreed for sure. Okay, so so I, I'm really excited to see what I can kind of do in, in Grounded as far as the building, like the base building and stuff goes. And you're really vulnerable in that game because if, if, you know, we, we found a, like I was playing with a friend and we found a spot we wanted to kind of make our new home base. So we started building some stuff and then realized that there was a giant den of spiders like, you know, a little, <laughs> like two feet away. So <laughs> we, we tried, we kept trying, but we got absolutely and utterly obliterated. So... <laughs> yeah, you you really are vulnerable, and having having an actual established base there would have been huge. So, yeah, it, it's it's been really good. Have you seen any any grounded gameplay at all, John? Uh, no, I was going to ask you if this is third person or first person. It it can be both. So it starts in okay. first person, but you have an option to toggle between third and first. Very cool. Yeah, I I, I like the first person better. Actually, I, I thought I would prefer third, but I'm actually really really liking the first person um, mode for this. But yeah, they give you the option, which is great. So this has character creation and no, everything like Jerry. No, you, you pick from four four characters. Okay. Um, but you dress them up in armor, anyways. Like you don't, you're not going to see your characters, like faces and stuff for the most part because you're going to be covered in stuff. But you pick from Pete, little dweeby ass like science kid. Uh, Zach, I think, is the more kind of jockey kid. And then there's two girls, and forgive me, I don't know the girls' names because I picked the boy. Um, but yeah, and then you they have dweeb boy. I picked dweeb boy. Yep. <laughs> figured it, it suited me best um uh they have like voice lines and stuff so they'll kind of react to the world around you and, and again I, I like it because i I'm, i keep finding it really charming and it, it suits the atmosphere really well with their lines they they really remind me of like a almost a magic school bus kind of <laughs> like whimsical you know um lines from these kids so it, it's been good I, i've been really impressed with it i wasn't i didn't go in with high expectations so that helped but um the other friends I've talked to about it and have played with, they, they're all finding the same thing. It's been a, a really kind of surprise hit. So highly Sweet. recommend if you like survival games and, and that kind of build and survive and, and you know slow progression, getting better weapons and armor kind of thing. It, it's, it's been really good. Yeah, sounds I'll have to try that at some point. Yeah, yeah. John, have you been playing any any horror stuff at all lately? Uh, no, not yet. Um, 
I want to play something on Halloween. I'm not sure what that should be yet, but uh, for I haven't played any horror this month. I haven't really played anything since our last uh, Terraria cast. No, oh, yeah, John's just been sitting and staring at the white wall again. He does this sometimes, guys. You know, <laughs> months at a time, we just lose John to the white wall. Um, I uh, the only other thing I've been playing, I'll mention it very briefly. Uh, I decided I was going to give Final Fantasy IV on the DS an earnest shot again. Nice. Um, I'm in this weird moment right now maybe you can relate maybe you can't where there's a new game coming out in a little over a week which is the god of war sequel and then shortly after that the new pokemon comes out so i know i'm going to play both of those games and i'm at this weird point where i have to be careful with what i play now because i know as soon as those games come out i'm probably going to drop whatever i'm playing to play those right um and i have too many times i've like i've been like oh i'm gonna start and beat this game like five days before this huge release comes out and then of course i never touch it again <laughs> and then i <laughs> i have the terrible guilt we've talked about in the past about not finishing a game so i'm gonna i'm gonna see if i can't maybe finish final fantasy 4 before uh before that like 10 days or so is up i've, I've been really enjoying it I, I got to the last area in this game before and then just fucking stopped because i'm an idiot i think you did the same thing didn't you with this game uh spoilers for ff4 um i don't know how i don't remember how far in this is but i think i got to the moon yeah you're basically at the end of the game yeah i also got to the moon um there's like a couple dungeons and then you're done the game at the moon so oh jeez. anyway i did that years ago as a teenager um decided i was going to try it again and final fantasy 4 on ds holy shit this game got treated like a king the the care and attention the like the cutscene direction the voice acting it's incredibly good if they did anything even cl remotely close to this quality for like a five or six remake i would be such 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 a happy man yeah when, when i tried it again recently um and as usual i got distracted from it but <laughs> um yeah the cutscene like the opening scene with cecil on the or cecil i don't know how you say his name but on the bed when rosa comes in and he's like after what he just did yeah taking the crystal he's like kind of depressed and whatnot and it was so good yeah it's great yeah like, like and it's these little chibi sprites right so it can undercut the scene really easily if you don't handle it well mm -hmm. um but they take it seriously enough and yeah they, they just do a great job of kind of letting everything um all their themes and tones and characters shine through in those scenes and it's been it's been excellent um it's the, fairly the models look great oh the models look awesome i actually love the the model design especially cecil's uh, dark knight armor Right. so good they say cecil in the cutscenes. i have never ever ever called him cecil i've always called him cecil same um, even though so, I, I know it's wrong now. yeah <laughs> so it's painful to make that correction so anyways. it's titus and titus right yeah, yeah hashtag not my cecil um yeah i'm gonna see if i can't finish that before uh before god of war comes up but anyways um it's hard too because granted it's been taking some of my attention this is another issue i'm bad 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 at playing multiple games at the same time i inevitably kind of just tuck one away and focus on the other one i do the sure. same thing reading books i can't do multiple books at once um yeah so that's it for i guess what we've been playing um let's jump into our kind of more high level halloween spooky games talk all right let's do it john i'm gonna have you start since i just did a whole bunch of talking but i want to talk about what we like about horror and in particular what kind of horror we like as well so what what we're looking for in the horror experience particularly in, in games, but we can talk about other media too. All right. Um, I mean, I think I could sum it up by saying I want to be disturbed. Mm -hmm. Like I, atmosphere and ideas beat everything for me. I don't really care about jump scares for jump scares sake. Um, what I want when I'm done with this horror game is I, I want 
to be thinking about the fucked up ideas this thing just exposed me to and the way i play i play in the dark with headphones and for me if a game did its horror game did its job i'm sleeping with the lights on that day yeah (laughs) which i i love like you know it's it's i like to be scared like that um but yeah atmosphere and just fucked up ideas and concepts that get me to think about what i just played through um what do you think about that yeah i i definitely I definitely agree that atmosphere and ideas is always what I'm after. I don't give a shit about jump scares and stuff. Um, I don't tend to want to be so disturbed that afterwards I have trouble sleeping. That's not something I'm ever really in search of. Sure. Um, I, I like the, the kind of horror atmosphere and, and the questions that it can raise. And I like that it can be disturbing in the moment, but again, afterwards, I'm ho- I'm not hoping to have it kind of linger with me and to, you know lose sleep over it. Do you do you find because um, we talked about this a little bit when we were preparing um, how you don't really play in the dark alone, headphones, all that stuff. Um, do do you find do you think you've you're losing anything during a playthrough by not going through it that way? Well, I'll be honest, I don't think I play that many horror games that are trying to scare me that way anyways. Okay. Um, but when we're talking about atmosphere and just, like, getting into that, do, do you find um, the impact is lessened a bit in that sense? Like, if you were to, when you played Scorn, was that, you seem to have got, like, the full impact of the world and whatnot, but did yeah. you play, like, during the day and whatnot? I did, yeah. I played in the morning. My windows were open. <laughs> I, I had headphones didn't on. Really, uh, that didn't really affect your enjoyment at all. No, no. And I, now, mind you, I don't think Scorn is trying very hard to be super scary. Like again, I think it's trying to disturb you more just with the, the content of its world and like the spooky, I don't know, like just the crazy kind of horrific atmosphere. But it, it True. I don't think it was trying to unsettle me crazy deeply. Um, which is something that I personally kind of liked about it, right? I was, I wasn't wanting it to necessarily linger with me that way. I wanted it to stick with me because of the, the interesting atmosphere and world and and the crazy ideas and concepts that nobody else had done like that before with how your character interacts with that world. Right. But yeah, for me, I don't, I don't think I would have had a significantly different experience with that game. You know, playing it dark and alone. That's on. interesting to me. Like, I feel like I don't get the full impact if I don't do it that way. Yeah, that, that, I mean, that's fair enough. And again, I'll be honest, I, I don't typically search out a game that's really going full board to try and scare me. Like, I'm trying to think of, I played Inscription, I think that was this year yet. Um, I think. Anyways, Inscription is a fucking fantastic game, by the way. And I need to try that finally because you I do. nothing but good things. It's about it. so good, man. Um, but again, I. I it's really, it's got a great spooky atmosphere, um, but I don't think it's really trying to sit with you in that way again. It, it's more interested in using that horror atmosphere to develop a strong mystery, so that you'll ask questions, and then you know keep keep, keep let that kind of draw you in. And I, so I'll kind of jump ahead here a bit for me, but I, I find what I think horror does the best and what I'm looking for good horror to do for me is to create these these great mystery stories, essentially, and to have me kind of try and figure out the rules of the world, right? Right. Um, and then, you know, as you figure out more of the rules, inevitably it tends to make you ask more and bigger questions sometimes. Um, I think it's one of the reasons 
I, I like horror because that's the same thing I'm looking for in like fantasy and sci-fi, right? I really like the, the kind of game of coming into a world that I know has rules that are different from the normal, you know, nonfiction world and seeing how my actions in that world in the game sense work and don't work and, and then that informs kind of my future actions and decisions and then the mystery evolves from there. Um, right. And I, I think horror just has... is naturally does a good job of putting you in that mindset um and, and again i'm not going to say i'm never unsettled by these things like they're definitely spooky moments that make me kind of go like holy fucking shit like are you you know what i mean i, I have those moments still but they sure. don't they don't tend to linger with me after i'm done playing and again so um inscription is another example where i i don't think personally i would have had more spookitude tm <laughs> If I had done Spooked lights too. off, lights off alone, um, I think you just named the Halloween theme. Yeah, you're right. Spoopitude. <laughs> Spoopitude. Dot <Yeah>. og. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that's it. I want to just, I guess, just bring this to a close because I'm not trying to say that you should play it this way, but it's interesting to me just the how we think about this differently because I, I see screenshots of inscription and your your character the you the player you're sitting in the dark at this card table i don't know anything about the game other than you're playing cards i think your character is forced to play cards you're out there by choice or whatever yeah, but yeah. um I, I feel like i need to extend that atmosphere on my side a bit to like properly get into it sure sure you know i, I want to be sitting in the dark because that's what my play that's what i'm supposed to be doing right yeah i know that, that makes a lot of sense actually john that that you would kind of have your atmosphere almost match the atmosphere in the game which which would be more important for a game that's trying to be atmospheric, right? Right. Yeah, no, I, I can definitely see there being value in that. But again, yeah, I'll, I'll have to make a point of trying it, and, and we'll get back to, to if I feel it makes a big difference. Because you know what? I'll, I'll maybe I'll play a I'll try and play a spookier game for Halloween um, tonight. Even who knows? We'll see. Hmm. And I'll, I'll see what what kind of response I get from from really changing my atmosphere and, and behaviors. What can you uh, give an example of a game that you felt? Like really made you pant shittingly scared even after the fact that like playing in the dark with the headphones on definitely, definitely enhanced. Uh, I, w- I mean, the first time I played Dead Space as a teenager. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Because I, I I made sure I only played it that way. Um, and, and you remember the back house Jake and I shared? Yeah. Um, you know, just in the back room there that was mine in the dark window blinds closed headphones on and then jake would laugh at me because i'd come out after half an hour and it'd be like i need a fucking break or i'm gonna die (laughs) (laughs) but and then i I couldn't help but go back though because i was just so i was you know properly pants shittingly scared of this game world but i also couldn't resist it (laughs) and for me it's always just been an enhancement like i i feel like i'm getting more out of a horror atmosphere when i play that way sure i i do think um this goes to horror movies and stuff right i think that i've always been somebody who has a hard time really letting myself get into that vulnerable be truly terrified state um and i can't help but like keep my skeptical brain on the whole time and poke fun right you know what i mean i i've always had trouble really letting myself get spooked by that stuff um you know it's funny of all movies I remember as a teenager, I think I went with you guys, I think. Might have been with some friends, but it was Wolfman, the movie with Anthony Hopkins. Oh, and... Um, yeah, who else? Who man. was the other lead? Who was the younger lead? What's that guy's name? 
he was um he's also the main one of the main guys in sicario right oh oh yeah yeah um benicio del toro that's the yeah yeah so i don't think it was a particularly scary movie you know it's it's kind of a classic monster um the classic horror monster movie that might have been us because i think we saw that in theaters yeah I, i think i think that was you guys and when we got home when you guys dropped me off back at home um I remember getting out of the car and we had this little line of trees um, <laughs> that was there. And I remember like being genuinely like, holy shit, I need to get inside because yes. <laughs> I'm going to be attacked by a wolf man. So it, it's funny what, what will sit with me and then kind of make me actually scared in the real world. Um, last night I played that kind of horror themed D&D and it wasn't particularly scary. You know, there were a couple of good good moments that were spooky but it was great atmosphere and, and really good kind of like halloween horror theming um and when we when i was done I, it was like you know twelve thirty. i think i left the place and was going to my car and it was kind of in a sleepy suburban neighborhood in the in the dark at this point and again i got in my car and the first thing i did was double check my doors were locked and turn my lights on so I do think if I'm not careful, I can definitely let myself get into a very easily spooked, panicky, you know, affecting real world behavior mode if I sure. if I experience horror stuff. And I think I'm afraid to let myself really, really go down that rabbit hole, um, which is maybe one reason I don't tend to be the experience enhancer. So I don't know. Yeah, the end. The instinct is obviously not to let that happen. Um, right. Or to protect yourself as much as you can from that. Because I, I know exactly what you mean. When you're talking about the Wolfman story, I don't recall exactly what movie it was, but Jake and I, at the theater near my place, we went to a late-night horror movie at one point, and afterwards I had to walk back. <laughs> this, this was when I was in college. Were you alone? My, my, yeah, I was alone. Oh, my God. In college, living at my uncle's place. And to get home, um, I have to walk past this really long, deep line of trees. It's nothing but empty, dark roads. There's not a lot of light down that road. <laughs> and I'm like, I am shitting my pants. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to die. Um, yeah, that's that's the beauty of the darkness, right? Like, it doesn't take much. Not not being able to see can, can inject a ton of spookiness and fear into a, a moment. Especially if you're brain is now prone to wandering and, and thinking about the worst case even otherworldly scenarios right yeah and then depending on what you're watching or playing and you've got headphones on you're playing in the dark if depending on the sound design you start to wonder what sounds are coming from your apartment or your home and <laughs> and what's in the game right it, this, yeah. it, it's it's a big enhancement for me yeah. and i don't know why i look for this stuff but i do <laughs> yeah this this is the beauty of the human brain is that we are so good at giving um, personification to inanimate sounds and objects, right? right. Um, and giving intention and purpose to things that are random. So, you know, that's that bump in the night can one night be totally innocuous. And of course, you just, you know that it's either something settling or an animal, a cat, you know, in your house bumps something. But the next night you watched a horror movie, and now, of course, that bump in the night has to be something sinister. You know, I, I have a great example. Hmm. Um, I recently spent the night at my brother's house um, for a family thing we went to the next day. And um, they were doing a load of laundry when I was there. And it was like three in the morning. I couldn't sleep. So I just sat up. I was doing some reading on my phone. And I hear a long extended sound that to me reminded me of a garage door. And I was like, did someone just enter the garage door? 
Like, did someone just open the garage from outside? Yeah. I know Jake. I know Jake and his wife were sleeping. It's not them. They have a three-year-old kid who doesn't know how to open the garage, so it wasn't her. <laughs> and I was like, "Well, that's fucking terrifying." <laughs> now, question: So, did you yeah. get up? Yeah, I went out to look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I went out to look, and I'm like, I'm freaking heart pounding the whole time, and I'm like, it's, "Are we about to get robbed?" <laughs> I I see nothing. I go back downstairs. I hear it again, and I'm like, "What the hell is that?" And then it hits me. It's the goddamn washing machine. <laughs> it's the duration and the sound across like a few rooms and walls. The way I heard it, it just sounded it like perfectly matched the time it would take for a garage door to open if you were just coming home for the day. Right? Amazing. And I was like, yeah. But afterwards, I had to laugh because it's it's so easy to convince yourself it's something worse than it is. Yep, very easy. I am um, I'm afraid to admit this in in public, but. <laughs> one of my, because it's one of my great fears, and it, I, I don't know when it started, but I have this obnoxiously obtrusive fear of home invasion, um, and I go through periods where I'll be much much worse, but you know I'll be laying in bed. Our bed is on the second story, so our main level, it has nobody there, and our, our kind of front door to the house is a little ways away, so it would be hard to hear if somebody very quietly opened that main door. Anyway, sure. If I hear something down on the main level and I'm in kind of a, a headspace where I'm more prone to my spooky thinking, it can be so hard to just convince myself it's nothing and to just go back to sleep. And it's that <laughs> eternal struggle of, do I get up and go downstairs and look at the door I fucking know is locked <laughs> to buy me that bit of peace of mind? Or do I just like kind of fight through and lay here and assume it's probably nothing right but then it'll be the one time it's not anyways yeah fucking yeah. home invasion i think that one hits home because it's so possible like the reality of that is a lot more easily realized than uh, yeah i was gonna say like you're, you're not gonna convince yourself it's a monster but it could 100 percent be a real thing yeah. <laughs> which is somebody who wants to take your shit yeah exactly yeah anyways um, yeah uh, that's an interesting fear yeah um so on the topic of kind of what we're looking for in horror, I wanted to talk a bit about some of our favorite horror games then that that uh, reflect those preferences. Um, you mind if I start on this one, John? No, go for it. So I'm, I'm going to start with Bloodborne, which in no way left me sleepless at night with kind of how scary it was. Um, I'm guessing the same would be said for you, John? Yeah, it's not... It, it's more about the ideas. Yeah, it's it's not scary, right? Yeah, so so this is this is what I was getting at when I, I said I'm not looking for something to kind of linger with me after the fact, but but I love Bloodborne for its setting and for its ideas. Um and they're born I, out of I would also I also hmm. wouldn't say Bloodborne is a horror game though. Oh really? I, I would say it's it's obviously horror themed, but when you describe or when you look at the horror genre, I'm not sure Bloodborne would be in there. Hmm. See, I, I think I have a bit of a, a broader interpretation of, of horror in that sense. Because this is, this is kind of what I'm getting at with my preference then. Hmm. Anyways, we'll talk in a bit. So for sure. me, for me, I would consider Bloodborne a horror game just because of the theme and the atmosphere. Right. Um, and, and, you know, I don't know. Look at Ludwig. Tell me that's not horror. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me that yeah. fucking freak of nature horse thing is not horror. Anyways. Um, He's just a horseman, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but yeah, so so that that to me that this is like Bloodborne inscription as well. The, these these strike the perfect balance of 
like being spooky and in theme and atmosphere and and i find that really helps with my immersion and my connection to the to the world um but it's again it's not leaving me with this kind of horror after like this yeah terror after the fact um so bloodborne for me is something that kind of achieves the best of both worlds where it's it's a great game to play very fun to play and also did a really great job of building itself and its lore around an excellent horror theme yeah, I definitely agree with that. I mean, Soul Series in general. Um, and my my definition of horror might be too narrow. I'm not sure what the accepted definition of well, it is. I don't think that's. Um, I think it's too narrow. I think that what you're 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 just you're looking for something different, right? So if if I'm looking for a horror game, I'm going to say Bloodborne is going to be enough to satisfy my Halloween craving. If you're looking for a Halloween horror game, you would be looking for something more intentionally spooky, right? Yeah, 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 I'm definitely fair, aiming fair for to something trying to make me shit myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, um, let's go with yeah, one of yours. I What's do, one of your favorites? Uh, before that, I do. I definitely like the the ideas in Bloodborne, the world building, and you know what? I will say the um, what is that place called? I think the the fishing or something. Oh, okay. The Hamlet never really got to me. No. Um, and honestly, it's one of my least favorite places. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Um, but the, I, I think it's church, like the church of the old blood or whatever, when you're on your way to Abriatus. Oh, the upper cathedral ward. Um, it, when you're going through the, like the really dark area and. Oh yeah. With uh, the, a lot of the wolves and stuff. The wolves and the yeah. squid dudes who like brain suck you. Yeah. And it's, and it's that, dark. That's and like, like proper horror. Okay. Here, you know what? Yeah. That's, that's great. John. I forgot <laughs> about that moment. There's that moment where the werewolf thingy is on the chandelier Right. And it he breaks it and it falls and it goes dark. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That that that's a little spooky. Yeah, they did they did a great job there because then you, it gets tense. As hell. Yeah, it does. It does get tense. Yeah, absolutely. With the damage coming in and whatnot, the stakes are high because you could die and you have to get back here. Yeah. Yeah. So, like you, you really do. You start to feel the the impact of that. And it's the darkness makes a huge difference. It does. He, yeah. Again, I mean, we talked about it already, but being robbed of that sense of sight, like immediately the 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 stakes are higher right yep <laughs> anything could be in that darkness yeah um, um so favorite I, mean, I separated mine so like big budget and indie horror okay um so i'll start with big budget stuff dead space one and two especially one uh i, I don't know like first playing that as a teenager playing it again as an adult um i mean i have such a good time with that game i love the lore the the combat while you can craft your gun and whatnot your mining cutter your mining laser whatever it's called and become insanely powerful with just the starter gun i didn't find that that really robbed the tension for me yeah um because you, you would expect if you can just stomp these things in this case literally <laughs> <laughs> um that the the fear of them is lessened and i guess to a degree it would be because you can kill them much faster but i never the sound design is so good the atmosphere the anti-gravity sections where you can't hear anything other than isaac breathing yeah um it's just so fucking good i i, I just sink into that game sure i I'm, easily one of my favorites I, I definitely am a dead space one fan i only ever played it once and that was when it was pretty new still so i'll wow. be honest my memories of it are, are very very tenuous um it be time for a remake well the good time to shut up that they're remaking it right so 
Right. Yeah, Dead Space Remake is coming in hot. I have no idea what the release date is, but when it comes out, I'll almost certainly give it a shot again. And you know what, John? I will do you the favor. I will play it in the dark with headphones on, and we'll see how many cookies I find in my little panties. Sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Don't say it that way. (laughs) I told you, John. I'm afraid to let myself get into that headspace. Um, So poopies and panties it is. Um, Yeah, Dead Space is a great, great, great one. Um, I I love the, the mix of space and horror. Um, not not cosmic horror that's different yet but i just think space is an inherently scary fucking hugely hostile place to humans right (laughs) we just aren't we aren't meant to be there and survive um and and there's just so much possibility for what the fuck could be out there so i I find that space and horror those those genres mix really well one of the more creepy aspects of it uh, to me also is is how much of nothing there is out there right because you, you look at um and spoilers for the movie life i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about here but you look at the ending of that movie where of the two surviving characters they enter their escape pods one of them is going to um uh willingly sacrifice themselves essentially to um avoid accidentally bringing this thing down to earth this entity that the movie is about and the other characters intending to go down to earth and, and survive and warn everybody. Well, it doesn't quite work out that way. And the wrong character ends up careening off into empty space, just screaming because there's no way for them to, to get back. God almighty. So they're, they're just going to die terrified and alone in the emptiness of space when they run out of oxygen or they starve to death. And like, what a, what a just fucked up, thought <laughs> yeah 100 um, percent. that little moment stuck with me yeah that's that's awesome the, the exit see see this is again i like when horror plays with those more disturbing like, like i'm not necessarily gonna lose sleep over that because i'm afraid of it happening to me right right but but i can definitely get lost in those moments of existentialism and dread thinking about you know and you know empathizing putting myself in that situation i mean like like getting the getting the shivers and the jitters just thinking about that. Uh, yeah, and imagining what their like last thoughts are. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, brutal. <laughs> Funny enough, right now, so when you record something on Audacity, it shows um, disk space remaining in like the, the number of hours you could record. And some kinsmit here, I have six hundred and sixty-six hours left for our for our Halloween episode. <laughs> Isn't that nice? Oh, perfect. <laughs> Isn't that nice? Six six six. Mark of the beast, baby. Um. Okay, you did you did uh, Dead Space. I just did Dead Space. Um, so I put Last of Us on here. Okay. Again, probably not something you would ever consider a horror game, but it's a it's a zombie game, so I'm going to consider it in the horror genre. And that there are absolutely tense, scary moments in that world with the clickers and stuff. This this to me is just an example of how horror. I like that it raises the stakes. So if you have a good kind of character drama, the character drama can be enhanced by the fact that it's in a world that's extremely hostile to those characters. And when that horror, when that, you know, threat is something that's inherently kind of scary, uh, I just, I think it elevates the whole thing. And I think Last of Us for me was a good example of that. And I don't think that that character story would have been nearly as effective if it wasn't in some sort of post-apocalyptic zombie hellscape. Sure. Um... I mean, you make fun of this, uh, of me for this. I, I couldn't get into Last of Us, but I don't make fun of you I, for it. That's fine. 
<laughs> joking. <laughs> yeah, we've during our game nights we've had we've laughed about this. <laughs> um, yeah, I couldn't get into it; it wasn't for me. But the I have seen some stuff about the clickers, and yeah, they look pretty pretty fucked up. Uh, and when you're when you bring that up, it reminds me of Dying Light. How I, I would only really even consider that a horror when you're playing at night mm. in the game, right? When everything is way more dangerous, but. It's funny for this post-apocalypse zombie end of the world thing. Um, the horror setting makes the characters more interesting, even if I'm not playing this to get scared. So I can see where you're coming from. Right, right. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, this is something too. I think I think that horror games have a a particular challenge to overcome that other horror mediums don't, and it's that depending on the gameplay, it can be it can really detract from the experience, right? Like if you, if you really see the gamey elements to it, it can yes. cheap, cheapen the whole experience. Agreed. Um, Bloodborne, I think, is a good example of this being done intentionally, right? Like Bloodborne's a game about stats and leveling up and weapons and like accumulating gear. So, so your focus is on that a lot of the time, which is probably one of the reasons. You know, you can you can break down the meta of Bloodborne and, you know. The boss might kind of spook you out the first time, but after the tenth try, you're seeing the boss as this, you know, just obstacle to your progression of the game. You're looking at the damage you're doing. You know what I mean? Like you start to look at it more as a numbers game. Um, it's funny when you and I are like fighting Ludwig too early. Um, our our reaction is not, "Oh man, what a powerful, scary horse monster!" It's this fucking dude and his damn one shots. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the fucking charge, man. He doesn't... Uh, that fucking charge isn't telegraphed enough. It's fucking bullshit. The hitbox on this is stupid. Yeah. Fucking phase two bullshit. Phase two, I, the problem is we never get to phase two, so I'm not used to the fucking sword. Anyway. Yeah, you know what I mean, though? Like, yep. it, it, Scary Horseman should be one-shotting our tiny, frail humans. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. yeah <laughs> the, the game aspect bleeds through, and we're like, God damn it. Yeah, but but again, I don't, I don't think that Bloodborne would consider that a loss... Like I don't, I don't no. think they're really going for. We need Ludwig to haunt your nightmares. So no, no. But no. but a game that is trying to be more atmospheric. So so, so this like, again, I'll bring up Scorn very quickly. But Scorn is a good example, in my opinion, of the gameplay inevitably getting in the way of their intended goal at the end of the day. Sure. With the way their combat ends up kind of taking away from it, and and then I went from this cool puzzle atmospheric game to a game where I was thinking about, wow, the design of these combat sections is terrible. Um, and the mechanics started to kind of get in the way of, of everything else. I have seen the argument made that your character in Scorn, this, again, it's one of the questions you have when you when you wrap up with this, but like, did your guy, does he have any memories or did he exist kind of before you woke up and started playing the game? Right. Um, and I've seen the argument made that it's it, you're kind of like, a newborn like birth and whatnot is a theme in the game mm. and and being a newborn the combat is weak because your guy's not a fighter i think that's just trying to justify oh, the mechanics dude i i hate <laughs> i hate when people do that it's like i don't know a lot of uh no go ahead i just 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 say i thought the combat was fine it didn't bother me you don't have to come right. up with this fucking galaxy brain reason for why mechanically it's not satisfying <laughs> 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 uh, that's like that's like saying you know street fighter 6 okay ryu's got terrible hitboxes yeah well <laughs> ryu's getting a little older right so like he's not the fighter he used to be so it's like he wouldn't be as accurate with his kicks you know like that's that's just some <laughs> stupid like post hoc rationalizing it's very dumb 
<laughs> Do you know the reason that hitbox is short? He has arthritis. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That is, yeah, imagine like game devs came out and started saying that shit. Capcom's like, yeah, well, you might find the hitboxes aren't as accurate, but remember, um, he is wearing shoes now. He's not used to wearing shoes, uh, so Ryu's not quite used to his kicks uh, the way they used to be. Do you know the reason that zombie swipe missed Leon there when it looked like it should? Well, the claw went right between the butt cheeks of his ass chin. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Uh, What's another, Um, what's an indie one that that you, uh, that you like a lot? uh, So for indie horror, it's, I mean, what I love about indie games to begin with is they just, it often feels like they're not worried about the next game. Mm-hmm. They just we're gonna freely explore this weird idea, and these these devs like when the game is quality they deserve money. So I'm not saying like they shouldn't charge, but like they just they want to put out a short experience and get their fucked up idea across to you, and then move on to the next thing. And I really like that because these games often don't overstay their welcome. Yeah. Um, on the flip side, the writing is often not great, mm. um, and we can talk about an example of that later. But for for indie stuff i really like when it comes to like fucked up atmospheres i really like the work of james it's just james but spelled with a y okay um and he has three games that i find really interesting he has water womb world he has growing my grandpa and he has the the well and they're they're short experiences I'll, i'll talk about growing my grandpa here because that one just made me think for a bit but the general idea is you're playing this little girl who during her time at school she's talking to the counselor there about issues she's going through and she ends up telling the counselor this about um, kind of feeling better because she's recently been able to talk to her grandpa again down in the basement Hmm. but what's really down in this basement is this bizarre like cocooned entity that comes down and looks at you whenever you approach the bars of its cage down in the basement. And uh, as the little girl, she like starts to project on this thing that it's grandpa and she's like, grandpa must be sick or he must be hungry. So she starts feeding him bizarre things found in the basement. Like you can feed this thing batteries or trash Mm. (laughs) and it starts to change and mutate and talk to you more and develop and whatnot and there's some interesting themes and stuff here i won't get into you should play this if it sounds interesting to you but it's just a fucked up idea his art presentation is like always on point and weird um and it's just a really bizarre interesting game that's awesome i i love the whole idea of a counselor being like fucking terrified about what he's hearing from this child too Especially right. because it's kids, right? So you, you inevitably wonder how much truth you can really assign to what they're saying and how much is like fantasy and fancy and imagination. That's, yeah, and that's, that's what the, the counselor is trying to work out. Yeah, like, that's so cool. There's something under this, and this this is how the kid is processing it and, and able to describe it oh, to me. That's but, so good. And then it starts to get more fucked. It's just, it was really cool. Um, this Yames guy had, just makes some interesting shit. Yeah, that's awesome. Um. I already talked about it a bunch, so I kind of ruined this one. But Inscription for me was was a fucking highlight. Um, I've said lots about it already, but please just play Inscription. It's so cool. It's so unique. And to John's point about indie games, uh, not thinking about the next game, I, I they just indie games is the home of like real innovation for the medium right now. 
in trying something Agreed. actually new and interesting. Not to shit on AAA games. There's lots of great AAA games, and not every game has to reinvent the wheel. But, you know, I've never played something like Inscription before. It was it was a once-in-a-lifetime experience, right? Like, again, I'd say the same even for Scorn. Um, and I don't often get the same type of feeling from, like, a AAA game. Often I find with AAA games, actually, to your point about writing, John, you know, I'm looking forward to God of War because I really liked the, the story in the, in the world and the writing in the first one. And that's a strength I hope they carry over to the second game. Um, sure. The combat and gameplay was also very good. Like they're just they're competent, obviously packages, and they they're they're good. They're 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 good pieces of art. But they, yeah, they come at it a very different way than some of these indie games games do. For right. ex- exploring the the medium a bit more. So, yeah, please play Inscription. It's so good. John, yeah, the, John, the please play Inscription. <laughs> I knew I really need to. I'm gonna have to look up the price on Steam. Please play it. Play I need to try that. Already. Please, please play it. Play, play, play. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> I will check it out. You know what? Maybe that will be the. Yeah, Halloween I was just gonna say that can be your Halloween game. You know what? I'll even. I'll fucking. I'll write it down right now. Oh my god! Get in description. Because weirdly with the Y, I think. Yeah. Yep. On top of um, on top of just being a really interesting interesting fucking game uh i think the gameplay is also excellent like the so just just to do a really quick um kind of expectation setting piece inscription kind of has multiple acts and there's a bit of a of a change to the the gameplay but stick with it okay don't let it don't let it lose you when it does some weird shit because the weird shit that it starts to do is well worth seeing out in the end okay all right. I say that's everybody who's going to play Inscription. I was a little bit turned off at one point. I was like, oh, really? Uh, but then I progressed, and I was like, oh, my God. If I had stopped, what the fuck? I would have missed out. Oh, my God. Anyways. <laughs> okay, I'll keep that in mind. Uh, about how long is this game? Inscription. Hold on. Sorry, forgive my clicking, guys. I'm going to open Steam and see what my Steam playtime is. John, can you please do some background incidental music, please? I can't do everything here. <laughs> no, I can just. No. <laughs> oh, damn it! Where's inscription? Hello. Inscription. Uh, I guessing like six, seven hours. What the heck? Oh, oh, wait, what? Yeah, right. I'm an asshole. I never. Uh... <laughs> I never bought it. My friend shared his Steam library with me, and I played it on on his account. Um, shout out to shout out to Brandon. Thanks, Brandon. Um, <laughs> so I'm gonna guess it was like a ten to fifteen hour experience. Okay. Um, because because you can fail, right? Like there, it's it's a bit of a roguelike in that sense. Um, oh, interesting. I never felt it was super punishing if I failed. I think we ended up with like three resets overall. Okay. Um. I, I, well, there was definitely a moment of disappointment. Um, the one time I failed, I was like, "God damn it!" I really wanted that to be the run that I completed, and I was—I sure. think I took a break at that point and was like, "I'll come back to it, you know, tomorrow or the next day." But again, the, the gameplay is strong enough, and the card game in there is good enough that I was fucking way into it. And in the visual style, I think you'll find it very appealing. It's—it's it's good. It's really good. I did like the screenshots quite a bit. Yeah. Um, the yeah, sound, I'll sound, make, yeah, it's, it's great. I will make it a point. That's my. That'll be my Halloween game, dude. Fuck yeah! Okay, I'm very I'll excited to hear your thoughts. I hope I hope you like it. Um, 
And then I hope you like the weird ass fucking meta horror mystery shit that 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 game turns into. It gets fucking weird. The inscription <laughs> gets weird. Everybody, please play it. That sounds interesting. Um, uh, okay, I think it, it was my turn for. Yeah, yeah, I, I, that's it for me. For I'm gonna say kind of favorite horror games for now. We'll move on after this. So what's what's your what's your last one to close it out for favorites? Okay, um, I, I'll reiterate because I have a bunch here. I won't bother going into them. But if you want to do honorable mentions, good. go for it too. Well, I was just gonna say there's tons of. Or I'll, I'll do a small list of indie games to check out, and then I'll close out with my last one, Great. which is a big budget one. Um, so the stuff, the work by Yames, of course. There's um, Forgotten Tunnels one through three that I thought were creepy as fuck. This is a, a play alone in the dark mm. series and you know prepare to shit yourself i love how simple it is it's just walking through tunnels trying not to crap your pants nice. <laughs> um iron lung was really interesting your this is what i'm talking about like exploring weird ideas you're closed off in a submarine exploding or exploding exploring um a lake of blood on the moon i think okay and and you don't you don't see any of that though you're in the submarine what you see is by taking pictures mm. and you get you get to see you get this small little window about what's out there and you start to encounter things and it's just really it's unique and, and i found very interesting um in the other room a game where you're periodically forced into an alternate version of your room through the mirror yeah you're trying to figure out what the hell's going on it's another short experience i found really interesting um, and then the last one I'll mention for indie is Burger and Frights, <laughs> which is you're you're playing someone on, riding their bike. You got a little bell. You just picked up some fast food, and things get fucking weird when you're trying to go home. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Um, these are all pretty short experiences. Um, you can probably find most of them relatively cheap, if not free, on itch.io. So I would definitely check that out. Um, and I'll close out for favorite big budget. Uh, I'm gonna say Resident Evil Four. Wow. Resident Evil Four. I and what's it's funny to me because that's not a game that scares me. Yeah. Almost at all. Actually, like I'm gonna say some stuff on this in a second, but continue. So it doesn't scare you. Uh, there's like maybe one or two sections with like the regenerators later, um, but the the atmosphere, the characterization, um, even the goofiness of it, it just creates this this world i want to spend time in yeah see so so with this character i'm glad to hear you say that because so so you're you're finding a you're gonna call it a horror game because yeah resident evil of course right it's got to be horror um but you're you're liking it not because it's a horror game that's necessarily trying to sit with you but but the atmosphere and the the setting enhances that experience so much yeah and, and i'm trying to remember um, and part of this might be when I first played this, I was playing in the living room as a teenager living at home. My dad was watching me play and we were laughing because I couldn't get past this chainsaw guy. Right. Uh, and as gruesome as it is, it's, it, it, we were just having fun looking at this thing. Um, so my, my experience with it was not playing the dark the way I usually would. Right. Um, but it, it's still, I had a lot of fun with it. The moments where I was by myself and, someone would sneak up behind you there there's still like a, oh fuck yeah, yeah there can still be that yeah. when an enemy springs up on you but 
yeah, it's hard for me to even say this is really horror, but somehow I still really enjoyed it. Yeah. So. Now again, I think most people would, if you looked up a list of horror games, I'm sure basically every Resident Evil is going to find its way on there, right? So. Sure. I, again, I think it's fair to have a broader definition of horror, but but also fair to say that when you're looking for a horror game, you're normally looking for something a little bit different from Resident Evil. Um, yeah. I, I should have talked about Resident Evil Four because because that's the Resident Evil game I definitely have. Actually, that's not true. I have more experience with Resident Evil 5, but not because it was some great masterpiece, but because it had co-op and uh, the absolute piece of shit David, who we haven't brought up in a while. Fucking David. (laughs) Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Um, That piece of shit David, my good friend, um, we used to play that together all the time. But but Resident Evil 4 would be the one that I would say I played solo most. And I, I was pretty young when I played, so probably an early teenager. Um, and I definitely found that game spooky as shit. Uh, so much so that I never finished it. I have a memory of uh, you coming over to visit, and I would quote the, the like Spanish zombies, and you'd be like, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, so so anyways, I, I'm actually really looking forward to the... Oh, actually, we'll save that for news. Forget I said anything. Um, I'm sorry, <laughs> I said I was done, but I totally forgot about a big one I wanted to mention quickly. Um, all right. Phasmophobia. Have you played it at all? Oh, I wanted to remind you to talk about okay. this. Okay. I, ha- I have not. Okay. You were saying good things about it. Yeah. So I'm, I haven't played a lot of it. I have a friend who was a, he like so into it. And, and so he, he wanted me to play it forever. I finally caved and we tried it. And I, I totally like what it's going for. Another game that, you know, it's an indie game that's trying something completely new and is really interesting. Definitely fucking spooky too. Um, if you let yourself really get into it, I, you know. If if I'm playing a scary game like that, I'm being loud also though, right? Especially if I'm playing with friends. Sure. Um, but I but I, I I definitely got scared. Um, it's really scary. It, it's interesting. Your, your job is basically to go into a house, or usually it's a house. There's also I think a prison level, but there's a bunch of different levels, and figure out what ghost is haunting it. And it's it's randomly generated, so it's different every time. And you're using different tools and clues to kind of cross out what kind of ghost or, or entity it could be, right? So there's like jinns and yokai and banshees, like all there's there's a long list of different um kind of ghosts essentially. And they okay. all have different uh different characteristics about how they would affect the space. So like if you ever see your breath because it's it's really cold, that's a sign that it's this particular group of ghosts. So if you check off huh. that you're seeing your breath, you eliminate a bunch of them from your notebook and you get one step closer to finding who it is. I think you need th- three clues normally to know for sure what ghost it is. Um, and then if you figure out what ghost it is before it, it haunts and kills you in there, and then get back out of the house into your ghost hunting truck uh, and correctly identify it, you get money and, and rewards and stuff that way. Um, <laughs> I, I don't find it has a very good progression system, which is one of the things that kind of made me bounce off of it. It's more like a, I'm doing this for the experience with my friends right now, but as a game, I don't find it a particularly enticing game to continue playing um okay if that makes any sense kind of after the novelty wore off yeah i was like okay i was just really bringing you back yeah i'd be doing this just to play it with a friend not because i care about my character progressing kind of thing which is usually what i'm looking for in a game right um but yeah does it achieve its goal of being a spoopy fucking game absolutely it does um yeah, so check out Phasmophobia if you want some some good spooks. You can play it solo. You don't have to play it with anybody. Um, yeah, it, it was a really interesting experience. One thing I love that it does in multiplayer too is 
if you're only using voice chat in the game, it's like location based. So if you're across the house from each other, you can't hear each other. <laughs> but you can talk on the radio by pressing a button. Um, and then, you know, if, if, if you're with somebody, but then they end up dying, you're just alone now. And like, you're not talking. It's just interesting because, you know, we're also used to, it's for a discord to, you know, you're talking around the game, but the game, right. if you have somebody actually die, oh well, no, they're gone. You're on your own now. And you're actually like, you can't hear their voice chat anymore. So that, that was actually really effective. Um, it's a great idea. Also, they have it. If you swear in that game, it attracts ghosts. <laughs> which is which is really cool um so if you're you know if you're somebody who's prone to swearing you've got to really learn to turn that off or obviously <laughs> you can get around it by just muting your mic if you you know want to be quiet but yeah some some cool mechanical stuff there so phasmophobia really good uh spooky horror game fun to play with friends for sure but i'm sure you could get some good spooks if you want to play it alone as well have to check that out yeah all right um News. Should we? I haven't really done the news theme in a while, John. Okay, let's uh, news call. on the count of three. We'll do news. Ready? All right. One, two, three. The news. The news. News. The news. I can never finish that. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It always ends with you laughing. Um, <laughs> so a couple of things, John. You had you had made an observation, and then we'll talk about a particular game that that prompted this that every other indie horror game these days seems to be chasing this kind of PS1-era visual and, and even control system a la, like, old Parasite Eve or Silent Hill or Resident Evil games on the PS1. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't I don't remember what game kind of started this trend off, but, yeah, the, the PS1 D-make-style horror game is... That aesthetic is, like the main aesthetic right now in the indie horror scene i would say mm. there's so many examples of it some of the games i listed are examples of it yeah um and it often works really well like i, I don't think that's a detriment i do think it might be a little overplayed right now sure but um you can also tie that in with a lot of these indies trying to recapture the survival horror games of their youth and i say the with emphasis because it usually boils down to Resident Evil and Silent Hill. Right. Yeah. Um, tons of games are just trying to recapture that. Um, I don't think that's a bad goal to have. But right. um, I, I just thought it was really interesting. Um, and it, it, it's it's interesting to play a game meant to look old that still gets under your skin. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it, it's a testament to graphics certainly doesn't make everything, right? Yeah, the design, the sound design, the ideas. Like, you can you can disturb without the triple a budget and graphics yeah definitely um there was one that you'd mentioned that that i don't think either of us i i know i haven't played it i don't think you'd said you'd played it either but a new one that came out that's getting a lot of rave reviews which is called signalis yep yeah it looks really sweet yeah, yeah, check out some screenshots and gameplay signalis or signalis but yeah it looks yeah. the art direction looks awesome yeah it um, does what I know about it, I think it's it's limited inventory. It's third person. It's I think it has tank controls. Like, it looks uh, like I, it, yeah. Yeah, like I think it's aiming to to recreate that feeling of RE and Silent Hill. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like sci-fi horror. It looks really great. I think it's like thirty bucks on Steam, Sweet. Um, and I think it's doing pretty well. So I think worth checking out. Yeah, well, good for them. Yeah, check out Signalis or Signalis if you want uh, a cool looking indie horror game it's s-i-g-n-a-l-i-s signalis um 
a game that I think a lot of people expected was maybe never going to come out came out, and that's Bayonetta 3. It's real. It came out yesterday. I don't keep up with Bayonetta 3. Like, was this not expected to happen? I, I think it was just, it was, like, delayed for a really long time. Um, okay. And it was, I think, in a bit of development hell for a while. So I, I know people were for a long time just waiting for, you know, news of Bayonetta 3 from any Nintendo presentation. Much like people okay. are desperately waiting for Metroid Prime 4 news from any Nintendo presentation at this point. True, I'm one of them. Yeah, yeah me too. <laughs> um, anyways, I don't, I don't have any strong connection to Bayonetta, but Bayonetta 3 is out. Big deal, guys. And there's some lovely drama around it too, but let's ignore that and just focus on the game. Um, <laughs> Resident Evil 4 and Silent Hill 2 getting remakes. Right. Um, they, they, I mean, the graphics look really good. Yeah, it, it's funny that, again, Konami, we talked last time about how they seem to have been reminded that some of their older games are actually worth reviving because there's a lot of goodwill around them. And that was in the context of Sweet Coden last time. Right. Um, and now it's Silent Hill 2. Now, hopefully one day, uh, Castlevania will make a comeback. Oh, God, no kidding. Hey, um, Not be terrible. <laughs> what was it, Bloodstained? Yeah, Bloodstained is a solid fucking Castlevania revival from Iga. Is that Iga? From Igarashi. Igarashi, yeah. Yeah, anyways, a quick little shout-out for Bloodstained. It's by no means topical at this point. I was actually considering revisiting Bloodstained um, recently. I wonder how it would hold up on a second playthrough. Yeah, you enjoyed it a fair bit, if I remember correctly. That's the one of only two games I bothered to platinum. Wow. Oh yeah. Okay. There you go. Yeah, Bloodstained was a really great um, Castlevania homage, played very much like a Symphony of the Night style. I was also actually their, considering their whip, their decision for the whip hitbox was stupid, but sure. I loved everything else. <laughs> yeah. Um, there, I was actually considering visiting Symphony of the Night again. To be honest, it's been a really long time since I've honestly gone through Ooh. and played that. Sweet. Yeah, fucking great game. God damn it. Um, Gotta love some Symphony. Yeah, and then RE4. So so I, I'm really excited about RE4 Remake because it's a game I've long had on my backlogs list that I've wanted to come back and finish. There's something so weirdly satisfying about doing that and seeing it through and, and then also having enjoyed the experience. Um, right. So, yeah, that's, I mean, that's what I'm doing with Final Fantasy IV right now, so hopefully that that keeps me and i can actually check that one off my list but yeah i'm excited for resident evil 4 with them modern day graphics the, the trailer from the trailer it seemed like they're leaning even more into the horror side. yeah I, I mean i would expect them to if they were going to do something now um i haven't played the most recent resident evil 7 or 8 i have heard some really good things about moments in those games um it's definitely i don't know resident evil has always been a bit of a goofy series and I think they're yeah, leaning, yeah, they're leaning in a bit more to some of the goofiness in seven and eight with how they treat your protagonist's hands <laughs> and arms. But anyways, yeah, the the family in seven seemed really like overly goofy to me. Mm. Um, and yeah, I haven't played them for honestly. The the main character just doesn't interest me. But um, they do look like good returns to to horror and yeah. actual scares. Yeah, we're five for and the six series. weren't right. Yeah. And then you see like the RE2 remake and how how everybody loves that. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm excited for for RE4. I think I, I hope they do it justice. Yeah, um, well, let's see what happens. I um I, I listened to a a podcast uh, called Eight Four Play. It's it's this Japanese localization company called Eight Four in Japan. I've probably mentioned them before, but um, their host has mentioned he's a huge Resident Evil fan. 
and he has said multiple times that playing Resident Evil 7 in VR was the scariest thing he's ever done. Like, it was the best horror experience he's ever had. Shit. Yep, he, he absolutely loves it and, and stands by it 100% and thinks it's the, the best way to do that, so... I, I can totally that wasn't so expensive yeah, to try. <laughs> I can I can totally see that be like being really trapped in it and only being able to close your eyes to not see what's going on. Right. I don't think it would honestly take much to to really spook me if you if you even half attempted a scary game in that setting. So yeah, I think a lot of potential for VR that way. Yeah, VR horror is something. I I mean I don't have the equipment to properly explore that, but. I imagine some of the most insane experiences would come from that. Yeah, definitely. And just like you said, not being able, you can never get away when you're wearing that thing, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You'd have to take off, you'd have to rip off your headset. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't matter if you're playing in the daytime when you're in that. Yeah, thing. exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Very true. Um, yeah. We'd definitely like to explore that someday. Yeah. Anyhow, that, that's all I really had for news today. Not, not a ton. Um, again, we've got God of War and, and Pokemon coming out in, less than a month now so stuff to look forward to we'll probably end up i'll probably end up doing a bit of a god of war talk next time we do the pod so probably two or three weeks from now before the next one all right and then we'll likely do a, a bit of a pokemon focus one after that depending on kind of schedule and what i end up having time to play at the time but um all right so kyle's driving the next two yeah <laughs> john will be uh watching youtube videos that i ask him to watch and then giving me his uh third party opinions Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, it'll be a, it'll be a couple episodes of uh, John from Branching Path, Path Pod reacts. So <laughs> there you go. That uh, Branching Path Pad. Branching Path. Fuck you, man. Yeah, I fucked it up. <laughs> Anyhow, um, thanks for listening, guys. I hope you have a, a very spooky Halloween if that's the kind of thing that you're into. Um, and we will chat at you in a couple of weeks. All right. Thanks, everybody. Good. And John, best of luck with that whole tax evasion thing, man. All right. Bye. Damn it. Thank you for listening to the Branching Path Podcast. Check us out on Twitter at Branch Path Pod or just search Branching Path Podcast. Check out our subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash Branching Path Podcast. You can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and on our RSS website, which is rss.com slash Branching Path Podcast. Thanks again for listening. Take care.